0: There seems to be a renewed interest in the Moon lately. With India being the latest country to reach the Moon, Japan, South Korea, Russia and the United Arab Emirates have plans to follow suit in the following years. I think it's safe to say that we are witnessing the start of a new space race. What's up everyone, I'm your host Jenny and I'm joined by Himani, Vivian and Anshuman. Welcome to Enigma Files, where we talk about conspiracies, anomalies, myths and mysteries all across the globe. The topic for this episode is our glowing companion in the night sky, the moon. We'll be talking history, science and other mind-blowing stuff. Some folks believe that the Apollo moon landings were nothing but a hoax. These theories have had a real impact on our world, sparking debates, influencing pop culture, and making people doubt NASA and the whole scientific community. But here's the deal. These moon landing conspiracy theories aren't just some fairy tales. They're lessons in the power of critical thinking and the spread of information in the digital age. Today, we're gonna dig deep and explore the history of the Apollo missions, break down the usual conspiracy chatter and check out all the evidence what's real what's fake and everything in between our mission is to arm you with the tools you need to think for yourself and see through all the smoke and mirrors we're here to help you sort fact from fiction and navigate the wild waters of conspiracy theories so kick back relax and join us as we discuss both sides of the story
1: when it comes to the moon landing we have quite a few compelling arguments but they're accompanied with equally convincing explanations but before we get into the whole arguments and theories and all those things let us first try to understand what led to the moon landing in order for that I'm going to give it to Anshuman and he's going to explain to us what was happening in the world at that point of time what's going on bro hey Viv understanding the geopolitical and historical
2: landscape before the apollo 11 mission is crucial for understanding the significance of this historic event Mm -hmm. right Mm. this was the peak of uh, the Cold War. Right. Both the US and the USSR were going head to head with each other. Mm-hmm. They were trying to one-up each other constantly, right. be it militarily, be it politically. In all spheres of influence, they were trying to one-up each other. Right. That is where the space race comes in. So in the space race also, exploration of the cosmos was as equally big as any other aspect of modern
1: warfare. Let's elaborate a little further for our listeners as to how the space race is connected to the warfare aspect of it. This is a very interesting
2: point actually. Missiles had already come around during the World War II. The Hmm. V1 and V2 rockets developed by uh, the Nazis. Uh, were used to strike UK. So we were already aware of the potential of rockets, right? But they had not been explored as deeply as possible. So during the space race, a lot of technology was created both by the Americans and the Russians, or I should say the Soviets, uh, to, you know, try and develop different kinds of rockets. They were developing a lot of nuclear warheads for those rockets as well. They needed a good delivery mechanism for the nukes that they were producing because earlier as you know the like in hiroshima and nagasaki the bombs that were dropped they were dropped from aeroplanes they were not dropped using missiles or something like that
1: right right right
2: so during the cold war you know they were trying to one-up each other constantly it was also ideologically communism versus capitalism right So they were trying to influence other countries to either adopt capitalism or communism. Correct. And they brought the same competition that they were having among each other to the exploration of space as well.
1: Let's take it a little one step back so that our listeners can understand how this whole craze of rockets came to being. As you already know, as you just mentioned, actually, that uh the united states and russia they were competing yeah. against each other when the soviets back then yeah back then. sorry it, i think it's worth mentioning that it was actually the germans during the world war ii right yeah who yeah. actually yeah. pioneered yeah. this whole technology of rockets and missiles and i think it was the ballistic missiles yeah stuff, right? uh, no but uh, right. those are more like rockets than missiles right because uh-huh. i remember hearing somewhere that when the americans first witnessed the german jet fighter planes yeah like they were blown they're yeah, amazed yeah. what Everybody the hell is going, going on away. and also after once the world war ii was over i think usa got a major chunk of those nazi scientists yeah, and Soviet russia
2: yeah this is again a very interesting topic which can take a whole of episode course, course. Uh, in and of itself but I'll tell you that it was known as Operation Paperclip for right. the Americans. Right. Uh, wherein they went into Germany and they cherry-picked some of their best scientists
1: and brought them back to US, granted them citizenship. And that is a whole conspiracy on its own, which we will oh, talk yeah. about it on oh, yeah. a future episode. Definitely, definitely. But come back. But
2: the, the, the most prominent of them was von braun right a scientist named von
1: braun wasn't he the pioneer of this whole apollo mission yeah he was actually the founder of oh sorry not pioneer
2: (laughs) He was the founder of yeah, NASA, sorry,
1: my bad. and
2: he was the one who actually created the V1 and V2 rockets that the Nazis uh, used in the Blitzkrieg. Uh, I see, I see. That is some of the geopolitical things that yeah. were yeah, going on back then in the 40s, basically. But by the time we came to the 50s, they were trying to create more powerful rockets. And one of the, the ideas that they had was that since these rockets were getting so powerful, gradually, of course, right. over several light iterations, It was now possible for the first time for the human to actually send something above the atmosphere, out of the gravitational pull of Earth. That is how in the 50s, the Soviets became the first to launch an artificial satellite into orbit.
1: And that was the first of many things that they launched. Oh yeah,
2: the first of many races that they won. It was Sputnik satellite in 1957. And so the Soviets became the first nation on Earth to actually reach space. Right. But then the Soviets had many, many firsts. Oh, yeah. Right. They were the first to, of course, Sputnik, the first artificial satellite in orbit. That was Sputnik 1. Right. Sputnik 1. They were the first to send an animal on Sputnik 2 to space. Rest in peace, Laika. And then they were the first to actually send a human in space. Yuri Gagarin. Yuri Gagarin. All of these first woman,
1: the first woman in space, first multi-person crew, first spacewalk, first spacecraft. First pictures of the first side of the... First... (laughs) I mean, so many
2: firsts. The United States was feeling really, really behind us. That is what I guess pushed the then-President John F. Kennedy to come out and say that the U.S. will become the first country to land a human
1: on the moon.
3: Yeah, right.
1: Right? Wasn't there also a rumor at some point at that time that the Russians were going to put nukes on the moon? Oh, yeah. There were a lot of... There are
2: a lot of controversies and a lot of conspiracy theories and i think we are going to discuss quite a few of them in this episode and the coming episodes
0: we have a lot too
1: like i said now for a controversy that has gone on for about 50 years i believe where there is smoke there is fire for a controversy to have gone on for that long there has to be a very good reason well not just one reason plenty of reasons i believe so For all our listeners who are not very well versed about the Conspiracy Moon Landing theories, we'll go through all those reasons one by one and we'll attempt to shed some light on them. But in the end, you make up your minds. Let's start with the first and the most obvious and the most popular reason, which is the American flag. Oh, yeah. Now, as you can see, if you have uh, if you have watched the videos of the moon landing and Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the surface of the moon, one of the crazy things that you see is that the American flag, once it has been planted, it waves in the breeze for a certain amount of time after they have stopped touching it basically, you know. Yep. That is a little sketchy because apparently there is no atmosphere in the moon. So if there is no atmosphere, where is the breeze coming from for that flag to be waving about? Yes, of course. This is a
2: very well-documented theory Mm -hmm. and there is a very good reason for the flag to be waving. You know that there is no atmosphere on the moon so there cannot be any wind and there's no waving. But you also know that the gravity is quite low Mm -hmm. and the americans really really wanted to showcase their presence on the moon Mm -hmm. so they had planned in advance and the the flag that they took actually had a hard wire kind of like a steel rod Mm -hmm. you can say that was attached horizontally to the top of the flagpole to keep the whole flag unfurled at all times Mm -hmm. because even if there is low gravity there still is gravity so the flag would have flopped down
3: right right
2: Mm -hmm. at the beginning Mm -hmm. so there was this wire there and so the flag was unfurled by default okay but you do not have a pre-made hole on the moon where you know a flagpole isn't there where you just go and stick the flag yeah when you want to when when the astronauts were trying to put the flag up Hmm. they had to twist and turn and you know nudge and do all of those things with the flag the actual physical flag in their hand and since the gravity is low the torsion that they created the forces that they exerted on the pole they started the movement of the flag Hmm. but since the gravity is so low the flag kept waving for a long period of time and that is why it feels like it is waving in the breeze
1: it's not really
3: oh so that was the reason behind this
1: okay fine i get it i can understand that reason it makes sense you know but two questions that come to mind you have a car right yeah you have a toolkit in your car yes when something goes wrong with your car, you do get that toolkit out, right? Of course. I find it amazing mm-hmm. to feel like they're going all the way to the moon and they didn't have a hammer in mind. Or the fact that they didn't consider the fact. And also, this leads me to the next question. Every single thing was documented or briefed. Those those guys are briefed at every single step because it was such a monumental mission. Yeah. So they must have been briefed. So obviously, the fact that once you get off of that aircraft, you have to take the flag with you and stick it on the ground. Now, I'm pretty sure they did not expect the ground to be like jelly they must have understood that this is a rocky surface maybe we should carry a hammer I find it a little hard to believe but then again like I said the explanation that you just gave and that NASA gave it makes sense Mm -hmm. but those questions will always remain so I guess it's up to you listeners to theorize your own answers and see if that reason makes sense and if you can accept it or not let's move on coming from the American flag let's move on to lighting now there are a few anomalies when it comes to lighting Uh, we'll start off with the first one which is the inconsistency of the shadows now most of the time when we have just one source of light all the shadows are created in one direction now when you look at it the moon the only source of light on the moon was supposed to be the sun but when you look at the shadows that are on the photographs what happens is you see shadows popping from all different angles some of them are even at 90 degrees what's happening over there like that kind of indicates studio lighting you know
2: right this does look shady Fun intended, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> as far as the shadows are uh, concerned, I think we'll also share some images on our uh, X and Instagram. Yeah, All yeah. Right. sure. All right i think the audience will be you will know, give be them a even, better idea yeah, of what yeah they'll be able to right yeah, orient themselves to what we are talking about but as far as the length and the angle of the shadows are concerned the biggest explanation that nasa has come up with is that the photos were taken on very rough hilly landscape. Right. You have seen the surface of the moon full of craters, full of boulders, all sides of rocks. Smaller ones, bigger ones. Also, since there is no atmosphere, supposedly, supposedly, the rough edges are still present on the rocks on the moon yeah. as compared to earth. Over here, things have smoothened over time, right? Over millions of years. But on right. the moon, that has not happened, right? Yeah. We get great winds. Supposedly. And there are, supposedly. No, we
1: do get Great wins, man. Oh, sorry, sorry. We yeah, we get do have wins.
2: We get ball get
1: oh, wins. <laughs> I got carried away. My <laughs> bad. <laughs>
2: so all of this uh, wind it uh, it contains small specks of dust right Uh and when they collide collide with the collide with the rock
3: and the area is very rocky
2: yes of course the area is extremely rocky so all of those rocks and the rough surfaces and the hilly landscape those are what have produced all the wacky shadows yeah right and the wacky lengths different lengths of Mm shadows, no matter where Mm -hmm. you stand Mm -hmm. Okay for example like i don't know because i have not personally uh, experienced this ever in my life none um, of us uh, i
3: guess
2: yeah i don't think you know any of the four of us have
1: uh, done this but it's
0: too expensive too
1: expensive, <laughs> too expensive.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> haven't done this yet so jeff bezos if you want to send us we're ready <laughs> no i'm i'm not talking about going on the moon <laughs> Not that
2: crazy yet. But if you take pictures on snow covered hills at great heights, mm-hmm. then the same kind of effects actually takes place, mm-hmm. even on Earth. This yeah. is what the scientists have apparently told us. If that sounds you know convincing enough, then you can
3: debunk it. You are right actually. I have seen that. Where? You have seen that? yeah i've seen that in the pictures yeah. when we go on the hills and we take pictures okay i
1: guess so. i mean um, i don't actually Not remember it movie. but uh, i think there is a sort of a phenomenon that uh, these for, the, for all our photograph enthusiasts what do you call these guys yeah. like, you know photo buffs yeah. uh, you guys might be well aware so please let us know what that phenomenon I, i'm forgetting the actual term for it there's a certain phenomenon for it Okay, NASA, we'll buy your explanation when it comes to this one. I guess we will for now.
3: I have a question here. What about the cross here thing? What is that?
2: Right, right. now the cross. That, good point, yes. In a lot of, like, there have been more than, I guess, 5,700 or so pictures. And 70. Uh, oh my God. And 70. <laughs> pictures that have been taken on the moon all through the different missions that we have had off of those 5770 pictures that we have taken a few contain crosshairs on the pictures the explanation for this that nasa has told us now i don't know again some photo buff would be much better suited to let us know but you know the amount of time that that the astronauts had on the surface of the moon was not extremely long they had to leave every time in maybe two days time or three days time that was all the time they had and they wanted to cover a lot of distance they wanted to have empirical evidences uh, with them when they returned
3: yeah that's why they collected the moon rocks
2: so they collected the moon rocks and they took thousands of photos Right. But what they wanted with those photos was Mm -hmm. they wanted to measure things that were in the photo and uh, since it would have been very painstaking to put a, a reference scale next to each and every object. Yeah. There were some uh, glass panes of the cameras that had the overlay of crosshairs painted on them. Yeah. Right. And those crosshairs, the scientists were able to, you know, then after the production of the photos were done on Earth, they were able to measure the prox or whatever other object was in the photographs and take out some precise measurements out of those. Right.
1: I mean, for a textbook answer, yeah. It's, yeah. it's quite fitting but when you try to think about it it doesn't really make sense like what yeah i know yeah exactly i I,
3: I agree with you like
1: when you look at those photos it literally looks like they took a picture and then they pasted an astronaut on top of it
0: and they deleted each yes. and every one of it. <laughs> but then at the
1: same time, hey, we just have to agree to disagree on some of these things I guess, you know. Unless we go to the moon, don't know. But Elon Musk, take us there. Oh wait, he's busy with Mars, right? Let's go back a little bit. Earlier we were talking about shadows. Some conspiracy theorists have pointed out the fact that in some of the photographs, the astronauts that are in the shadows, they are very well lit. Now in real yep. life, that doesn't really happen. You know what I mean, right? Like when you take a picture, the objects that are directly in the light they are brightly lit whereas the ones the objects that are in the shadows they're dimly lit now in a movie set that problem is solved with a thing called a fill light yeah. which is what illuminates the objects in the shadows, uh-huh. in the moon, we don't have a fill light. Of course. So they say, but if you look at those photos of, I think it was Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin, right? Yeah. Like he was yeah, getting yeah, out, yeah, down yeah, on yeah, the yeah. spacecraft. He is I think it was brightly. Buzz Aldrin who
2: was getting down and it was Neil Armstrong who was taking the picture.
1: I think, but Buzz Aldrin is very well lit in the shadows, so that makes a lot of us question what is going on here.
3: So you also think this is all stage in a studio?
1: I mean, hey, I don't think that. I have my doubts, but I don't but know enough the to think something. <laughs> but I'm asking questions, <laughs> and we are discovering the truth. So what do you guys think? Yeah, but that's that's the theory, Imani,
2: that uh, all of it was faked and the whole landing and those were all shot in a film studio somewhere in the deserts of Nevada. That is what the theory states. But as far as this particular point that Vivian has raised is concerned, Uh, it is actually very, very easily explained. Well, looking at the photos, not coming from a scientific background, not knowing much about, you know, specialized photography or much about the geology of Earth and Moon. If we look at it like a lay person, which we all of us are, it is really shocking and it looks like it has been staged uh, staged, or at least there is some kind of artificial light that is being used to illuminate Aldrin. But again, there is a big, big a always butt a butt yeah. in here there is always a butt yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> not interesting without a butt
3: <laughs>
2: no, won't work without a butt to be honest but i can here. see who's the butt guy <laughs> uh guilty as charged now What happens, uh, what happened with this uh, particular photograph was uh, what we need to understand is that the luminosity of the surface of the moon and the luminosity of the surface of the earth Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. very, very different that's true we have a very dense atmosphere you see all the meteorites that fall but Mm -hmm. never reach the earth yeah they get burned in the atmosphere what that says is there is a lot of dust suspended in our atmosphere and that creates a fuzz you know it it makes the light fuzzy as far as the surface of the earth is concerned yeah but the moon has a naturally whitish light grayish color to its surface and there is no atmosphere
0: okay so i was just thinking they say that the moon reflects light from the sun yes so does that have anything to do with the shadows or does it it play a role in it it has yeah of
2: course it has everything to do with the geology of moon Mm. right the the rocks and how they are formed and how they have you know been for the last you know hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions of years that has made moon very luminous and it reflects a lot of light right so even if there is shadow uh, what you would actually also observe in the same photograph is that the space suits that our astronauts were wearing were all white
1: We didn't know that was the the reason.
2: Yeah, so the luminosity of the space suit combined with the luminosity of the surface of the moon creates that effect.
3: And let us not forget that everything that just happened over there, the pictures were taken in the daylight. The moon was obviously very. Very um, well lit. Yeah, very well lit due to the sun's uh, exposure. So it was reflecting a lot of light already. Yes.
1: I mean, I guess that also explains why we have a light bulb at night in the sky. You know, mm-hmm. without yeah, that yeah. particular <laughs> property, I don't think it would be like that. Yeah, yeah it I guess doesn't like doesn't
0: have a light of, of its own.
1: Yeah, so, moon doesn't have a light of its own, but it does
0: reflect a lot the of the that, light. Uh, it gets yeah. yeah.
2: more than the Earth actually. That is why we have a greenhouse effect,
1: and the moon doesn't. shoot. Okay, so moving on. Now we have another theory, but this seems pretty simple. Some people have observed that the footprints. Of the astronauts' shoes, boots. I mean, what do you yeah. do? They have a special spacey term for that. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. So the footprints of that is different than that were made, or the photos that were taken on the moon. You know. So what do you, what do you guys think? Any explanations regarding the footprints? Like, why is there a different footprint there, whereas the guy's shoes, that footprint was the same?
2: Yeah, there is again. There is one picture uh, which shows one of the astronauts who have landed back on Earth. The space that they were wearing mm. had different treads mm. for the foot and the images that we see of the footprint of man on earth mm. they have like horizontal yeah, that's uh, what yeah, I was talking lines about. On. Lines, yeah. right? Okay. And that particular picture had a different style, right? But one of the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize is that we have not had one manned moon mission as per NASA. Apollo eleven was the first, but Apollo seventeen was supposedly
1: the, last. the first. Yeah,
2: yeah, supposedly. And supposedly Apollo 17 was the last. Uh So the picture that we see of the astronaut is from some other mission. And by then the space suit, the style or whatever had definitely been
1: changed
3: that is quite right. possible yeah hmm. yeah
1: somewhere i also heard that these guys have boot covers so when they yeah. go for like actual like space not spacewalks because why would you need footprints on spacewalks <laughs> but when he like stepped out like they have covers and that's yeah what that I was that is right a big uh nah,
3: that may be so that they cannot carry some bacteria or you know some kind yeah, of some
2: contaminants
3: from contaminants. Earth would not uh, yeah. reach
2: uh, the moon, moon or from so the yeah the moon would not reach inside of the spacecraft so that is also a viable answer I think both of these are viable answers yeah 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 absolutely, absolutely. and since
0: Prada is coming up with the new space I mean suit
1: <laughs> not suit <laughs>
0: space suit. <laughs>
1: This, this time it may be completely, in completely different. <laughs> That's when you know that NASA is NASA has a really big budget. Oh yeah. We're trying to get aliens brand conscious. <laughs> so moving on, it is well, it is just common sense. You know, when yeah. you land something heavy on a surface, there is a uh-huh. bit of an impact. Of course, it quite is. a lot, of, quite a lot of an impact, especially yeah. if you consider it to be a whole lunar module. But as you can see on the pictures and the landing pads, squeaky clean, squeaky clean. And and also, like, there is absolutely no, uh, what do you call that, a crater. Because, I mean, they would have had to had some sort of a thrust generated to slow yes, down the craft yes, and all those yes. things. But there's no crater, nothing, no dust on the, it's like as if something, it's like the land, lunar module was slowly, gently put down by a crane. That's exactly what it looks like. It does, does look like it that. Probably had to be done gently too, because, I mean, look at it, it just looks like aluminum paper, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, that is like, uh.
2: You know, of course, it does, you know, very, very confusing for everybody. Mm -hmm. It was extremely confusing for me when I first saw the pictures and the videos, even in the videos, uh, you'd see the same kind of thing, Mm. right? Because when the module took off again, the same kind of question. I mean, these are two Mm -hmm. different theories, but they line up together very well. And there is a sweet little explanation for that. Mm. I may go a little scientific on the explanation this time. I hope you guys understand because it's very difficult to <laughs> explain this in layman terms. All right. That's All right. Okay. So let's split this into two parts. Mm. One part is the lunar module landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. And the other part is actually the lunar module, module taking off from oh, the yeah. moon. Oh, yeah.
1: Right? Have you seen that video?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, both of these should have created craters. Mm-hmm. Both of them have impact. Yes. Associated with it, right? Of course, since human lives were at stake, Mm. right? National pride was at stake. A lot was on stake apart from the money spent. They had to make sure that the landing was actually very soft Mm. and the takeoff would be successful. For the takeoff to be successful after a landing, the landing had to be incredibly soft. Why is that? Because uh, if your landing is even a little bit rough, hmm. you may, your telemetry may go haywire or some nozzle may be knocked out or something like that. And that would make the resulting takeoff harder or maybe even impossible. So the landing had to be stuck perfectly. Hmm. So what happened with this, these uh, capsules, these lander modules, they were over engineered to death, to be honest, okay. they are extremely over engineered pieces of machine. Okay. Also the the fuel that is used in these landers is a 50-50 mix of hydrazine and dimethylhydrazine. These are not your, you know, also called aerozine 50 basically. These are not your typical fuels which are burned. This is supposed to be a chemical reaction which gives out a slow burn and doesn't really give out a lot of fumes All right. like oh. we see in regular. You know, diesel and those kind of engines and uh, jets, of course.
0: I think we need that on Earth here also. (laughs) oh yeah we do
2: but they they are basically the thrust is colorless the flame is actually invisible you know the second point first let me tackle that mm-hmm. when the lunar module is taking off it doesn't really look like it just looks a, a like normal, it's being lifted yeah doesn't look like a normal rocket launch there is no plume uh, of dust behind so first off it is this mix mixture of fuels the aerosin 50 which produces an almost invisible flame invisible beam okay number one number to the amount of dust that we would expect to blow and cover the whole module and everything around because of there not being an atmosphere the dust does not
1: get a medium to hang around it so what you're saying is if the dust even rises it just immediately drops it immediately drops I wish we had that here on earth oh yeah I
3: guess that is because of the gravity because the gravity of the moon is much less than the gravity on the earth so the engine created a lot less thrust than they would on earth and therefore it didn't leave a large crater. It it,
2: it actually just required a 16 kilo uh, kilo newton of thrust uh, to to escape the gravity of moon. That
3: would have
0: probably made landing easier
2: also. Exactly. That is what I am coming to. That made the landing much much easier. easier Yeah, Because because they didn't need to put out a constant flame, you know, a constant reverse energy. They didn't need that. So they went in stages. The engine burned and then stopped and then burned and, then, and that is how they managed to bring the module down very very slowly
1: i have heard i don't know how true this report is i think we're gonna to have to contact somebody on nasa or some iron space enthusiast but i heard that a simultaneous experiment was also happening in that mission which is i'm not sure if it was that mission or if it is the other mission so correct me if i'm wrong uh-huh. that they were the scientists here on earth they were trying to record size seismic activity which is basically underground activity yeah on the moon sir on the moon that was the reason so in order for that to happen they needed to create some sort of an impact and they supposedly crashed the not crashed crashed in like uh, traditional terms but with an impact they they made sure they had some sort of an impact when they landed so that they could measure and study the moon a little further and it was found that the moon the seismic activity that they recorded through that they they found out that the the moon vibrated after yeah. that for a considerable amount of time now we'll dive into that particular topic on a different episode of but course. now that is a whole is new are theory.
3: you talking about the earthquakes
1: no no that's a different the, thing. Moonquakes. the moonquakes the but moonquakes, sorry, that's a different thing uh the moonquakes that is a natural phenomenon they were trying to create a something similar on a lower scale intensity. lower intensity, yeah but we'll be talking about that in detail in another episode but when you read that and then here we're getting another report saying they landed very very softly yeah. don't you think it's a bit like no, but did does, you land softly uh, did
2: you not land softly? no no those are two very different things that happened at different times so it was different missions. yeah it was a completely different mission what actually happened was when the scientists wanted to measure the moonquake thing as you just said in one of the missions they
1: had a <laughs> <laughs> sorry folks that was an earthquake we just had
0: podquake
1: exactly podquake moonquakes <laughs> Me, I know. I'm just thinking where should I start from again? Exactly, Mm. folks. This is what happens when you're lying. You pause. You can't (laughs) talk.
2: Right, so when they wanted to measure the moon quake or how the moon reacted to something hitting it really hard, what they did was, in one of the missions, there was an extra payload that was carried with the moon mission, one of the programs, I don't remember which one exactly. Mm-hmm. That's uh, for but you guys one of the, to out. Oh yeah, but one of the Apollos, once the astronauts had left the lunar surface and they had reached the command module, where always the third astronaut is sitting, mon- monitoring the landing and all the activities that are going on the moon surface once the astronauts reached back they released a payload which was like the lunar module uh, the same size same weight thing and they let that one crash with a bang. oh right so it was after the astronauts got
1: back into the command module all right all right well that makes sense that makes sense let's talk about something that we all love to do which is stargazing yeah Man, that, that, yes. I love, yes. love yes. About this. Yes. We, so, all, we all do. We all do. We all do. Now, one of the questions that was asked to the interviewers after they had come back was, did they see any stars from the surface of the moon? And uh, Neil Armstrong replied that he did not see any stars on the surface from the surface of the moon, which is also reflected in the photographs as well. Now, as you can see, there is a very good reason why there would be no stars in the moon, because had they put stars on those photos, people would have people would have been able to use what's that thing called Star Map? Yeah, people would have been able to use Star Map and using the position of the stars, you can find find out your date, time, location, all those things. So I think NASA purposely just erased the stars so that there is no questions asked at all. It makes me wonder, how did they not see any stars at that, from the surface of the moon? Because in order to get to the moon, they were using the stars to navigate, right? So that means there were stars. Then where did they go once they reached the moon? Like it just disappeared? You're right.
2: I've seen the photos. I think almost all of us have by the at this point. And almost none of the photographs that NASA has Least ever show any stars uh, in the sky. Reasons. But again, there is a big explanation for this. If you ever take a photograph in a brightly lit scene even here even in your own rooms wherever you are sitting right now try to take a photograph under big big lights anything that is very poorly lit or the light coming off of that object or being reflected off of that object is too low it would actually disappear when the the foreground is too bright right even for the naked eye oh yeah for even even for for the naked naked eye eye. of course your eye is at the end of the day although it may be some five. 500 or something megapixel camera but it is still a camera it is still a lens so it would work for any kind of lens Any kind of photograph being taken whether it is through your eyes or through a normal camera it works the same way second thing is when you are taking a photo in a brightly lit scene for you to be able to catch the smaller lights the smaller sources of light your shutter speed needs to be fast and your aperture has to be incredibly small and in this case the the objects faint objects they don't appear for faint objects to appear your exposure time Mm -hmm. has to be
1: very high oh yeah very long the astronauts couldn't really like mess around with the controls right because it was like it was already preset, also, right? The camera that they had, yeah, to but by. Also,
2: and they had to operate it through the big, bulky gloves that they were, right? Right, very.
0: I think a simpler example would be whenever we look at the sky during the day, the sun, bright sun, we don't yeah. see the stars, yeah, with our naked exactly. eyes, right?
1: Good point, good point.
0: And yeah. during night, because time,
1: the earth is very uh, brightly it, lit, the sun uh, is very bright,
0: that's probably because the stars are everywhere in the sky, oh, yeah
2: all around even billions, around billions. i'm sure
0: around the sun but because of that bright light that's probably the reason why I don't why we don't see stars during the day yeah right? of course right,
1: right all right all right well i mean i cannot disagree plus also remember we are talking
2: about the 1960s this is not yesterday
0: 53 right? years it's, ago
1: it's, yeah <laughs> 53 years ago the technology we had back then that is also one of the reasons why a lot of people don't believe it yes i mean back then forget about internet the computers weren't even able to show visuals they were just number crunchers right yeah glorified calculators to be yeah glorified (laughs) calculators would be a very good word yeah those computers it's it's kind of hard to believe that those computers be capable enough to take three human beings out of the earth's atmosphere through the van allen radiation belt to the moon and van allen radiation belt do you want to elaborate on what that is all about
2: oh yeah there are these zones these belts surrounding our planet which are basically the magnetic field of the earth has trapped some really high energy particles from the sun and this you, you've seen the belts of Saturn, right? Mm-hmm. Those are physical belts, mm-hmm. right? They contain physical stones, right? Right, 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 right. Mm, Planetoid-sized stones, massive stones, mm-hmm. right? But it's a physical belt. Just visualize the same for Earth, mm-hmm. but with invisible particles. But these particles are extremely high energy, right? They are like very energized. Like kilowatts
1: or something like that?
2: Yeah, something of that sort. And what that means is that is radioactive basically so basically that translates into you cannot leave
1: the earth's atmosphere no
2: that makes sure that whatever goes through it gets exposed to a high level of radiation aka fried aka fried but the biggest thing that needs to be understood in terms of the apollo missions was that the actual spacecraft was traveling at an incredibly high speed yeah and this spacecraft each and every time crossed the van allen belt at such an incredible speed that the astronauts as well as the electronics within the spacecraft was not really affected by the radiation long enough for it to be harmful for example there is radiation all around us yeah right Uh, but we don't get affected by it because either it is too low energy and doesn't really affect Mm -hmm. us as much or we Mm -hmm. cross through it
3: very quickly quickly
2: for Mm. it to really react with our physiology also another point here is that the actual electronics on the spacecrafts were hardened like today's electronics military grade electronics are hardened against emp strikes electromagnetic pulse strikes Mm. right van allen belt and this are something very Mm. similar and if it goes over you too quickly
1: Mm. Won't really affect you that. I mean, I find skeptics will always question this theory because oh, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that yeah. a country that crashes two rockets and finally on the third attempt, seven months before the end of its president's promise, yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden comes up with a rocket that crosses through, not just takeoff. That takeoff in itself was a very big achievement for them uh-huh. because they crashed the previous two times, yeah. you know. So obviously they sucked at takeoff. But remember it's
2: Apollo 11, there would have been
1: 10 different tries. Exactly my point. (laughs) So after 10 tries, they managed to finally take off. And not just take off, they go through the radiation belt that previous to that was believed to be uncrossable. Yeah. That's what they claimed. That's what all the scientists said, that you cannot, man cannot leave the earth's atmosphere. What they said. And now they're going back on the same rebuttal and going like, oh, we went so fast, we didn't get affected by it. just,
2: (laughs) Just think of it this way. There are two things I'd like to say here, Hmm. one Hmm. is, you know, up until like 200, 250 years ago, Hmm. Western science. Hmm. believed that the sun revolved around the earth. Hmm. I mean, big, big scientists were burned alive for saying that earth orbits the sun, not the other way around. So it had to be proven. Hmm. This was also a theory and we had to prove and we proved it. That is what I would say. But in the same vein, hmm. let me just give you an example of fire walking. Have you ever seen those videos of people walking on yes. lit coal and not hurting their foot? yeah because they walk fast (laughs) yeah so how does that happen that happens because they walk at a pace where the surface of the foot is not in contact with the hot coal long enough for it to really burn. Burn.
1: Wait. So this is a little bit of a <laughs> we're going on a little bit of a tangent about this, but wait a minute. So you're telling me that right now my foot, I've never walked. I think the hardest thing that I've walked on is <laughs> of the pavement on Dubai <laughs> <Yeah>. barefoot. <laughs> so you're telling me that if I walk through hot coals right now, not just walk, if I run through hot coals right now, I won't feel
2: anything. You don't. You won't actually. But you have to be fast enough. Do you remember Whoa. that? The the thermal conductivity of your feet would right? you do it <laughs> if given big enough incentive maybe
1: all right all right so who's gonna give a big enough incentive for Anshuman to walk through hot coals? if you want to see that let us know we'll put it up on x and Instagram of course <laughs> also please send us some money for the coals <laughs> Because coal is expensive nowadays, people. Now this is quite entertaining because uh, it indicates human incompetency, but moving on. So we have a few pictures of some props. I would like to call them, people call them rocks. Mm-hmm. NASA mm-hmm. calls them rocks, I yeah. call them props. We have some pictures of labeled props. One of them with the mentioned seer, you know? I think the crew must have forgotten, you know? <laughs> and uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because I mean, have you seen some of those really, really big budget movies? What's that one movie where they left? What's that one series where they left a starbucks cup on the yeah yeah you know, it's in the game, game of, of thrones. thrones yes game of thrones yeah. all the game of thrones lovers will <laughs> have known, will know this you know so if they could do that then i'm pretty sure we could definitely leave a rock label C on the moon so of yeah of course of course we could what's the story behind that somebody please tell me <laughs> i have uh Gone in the
2: rabbit hole, you know, regarding all of these theories. That's why I'm trying to (laughs) debunk them and do all that kind of shit. But for this particular one, you have no answer. (laughs) I don't have an answer for anything. The answers are coming from NASA, Hmm. from other scientists, from Hmm. other professors, and whatnot. But for this particular theory, Hmm. the only explanation that I have got is a bit too flimsy for me to really believe. And if that is really the case, i mean i'm speechless
1: i don't know for me it's very hard and this right, is coming comprehend. from somebody who believes like a hundred percent believes that people did go to the moon oh yeah so let's I hear don't. the flimsy reasoning oh yeah they did <laughs> let's hear the flimsy <laughs> reasoning. because i just say what's the reason people are idiots but let's hear your the NASA scientific reason
3: behind this
2: i think they are basically saying the same thing that we are all idiots because according to the nasa representatives Uh, the sea that we see in that photograph which by the way our audience can go and take a look at on google but also on our x and instagram handles so the answer they have given is that it is a stray stray
0: hair Exactly Someone's stray
2: hair which I never Probably understood
0: <laughs> But according
2: to them this is not an astronaut's hair
3: Ooh. The actual
2: photo that was taken didn't have that C on it This happened during the production basically During the oh. development process yeah. of the film
3: I thought oh, aliens right. also have hairs so. Oh yeah. man so that, was that is what I thought same.
1: <laughs> That right. is what I thought <laughs> Coming, coming back to this production thing, no, no, I meant development, development Development of the film. The thing is, wasn't it that uh, the technology that they had supposedly of transmission, Mm -hmm. they had the technology to send man to the moon, but they didn't have the technology to do a direct live broadcast. Yeah. So there was only one screen and people had to take the footage by recording the screen. Yes. Yes, and that's they why they claim that there are all these that anomalies. Is, yeah. So one
2: of the biggest answer that, or the most common answer that you are going to get all over the internet and in the states, uh, statements issued by NASA or the astronauts or anybody really connected to these programs is that all of the footage, all of the photographs, everything was taken on some really primitive tech. 1950s and 60s cameras, which are not all that well
1: developed. I mean, do you honestly believe this, bro? Like you're sending somebody to the moon, but at the same time you're saying, Oh, we are primitive. Too primitive. I don't know. I don't too know.
0: primitive for a camera. To develop a but camera, to, but
1: primitive. not for a rocket. <laughs> to send a rocket to the moon like, bro.
2: What can I say, bro? That is where all of these theories come from.
0: Yeah, they went to the moon, not because it was easy, but because it was hard.
1: Mm-hmm. See? And guess what happened right after that?
2: Yeah. Boom, boom, boom.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, sorry. There was just one. Boom
2: yeah no there were actually three shots fired but that would again take us into a whole another range of episodes if we try to get into the jfk assassination
1: right but let it be established that i was right but i don't underestimate myself boom 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 was the right answer (laughs) all right all the other reasons it's quite convincing like i said earlier they have accompanied with some very convincing explanations and or i don't know enough to debate on that because i'm not a photographer i'm not i don't work for nasa yep. i'm not an astronaut or all none of things. us but here's something of these that is very very you know this is what i'm just like no this it's because of the next reason that i was just like yeah no these guys are lying like they have done with everything else the videos of those guys just i wouldn't say it walking jumping just hobbling around yeah the videos of them just hobbling around it is so weird you've seen those right you've seen those yeah this guy just goes falls over like a penguin yeah and then he goes back up again like that's such a movie set trick. Like boom boom. You just like wake get up on it. Nobody gets up like that. Not yep. even midgets, man. You know, <laughs> nobody gets up like that. The reason why I said midgets because oh, I can't say midgets, right? That's politically incorrect. Uh, the, what I do guess you call so. it? Short people? I don't yeah. know. The reason why I said that is because <laughs>
2: I don't think we are a very politically <laughs> yeah. correct
1: no, podcast No, the reason why, either. why I use that example is because I saw this where this guy just like, yeah. he's sitting on, he's sitting with his legs stretched out and he just like, boom, gets up. And because yeah. of the length of his legs, he can't do that, right?
0: And he challenged his tall friend to do the
1: same. Yeah, and they couldn't do it. Now, here's the thing. The astronauts did it backwards. Yeah. With the space suit on. And how heavy is that space suit? I'm not sure. Somebody please tell us in the comments. But the
2: space suit is... Is pretty heavy, but uh, how do you get up? You have to understand that on the moon, the gravity is low. But how do you get up? Very, very low. That is what I'm trying to explain. In a very low gravity situation, wherever, whenever you are in a low gravity situation, a small push, a small force applied in any direction, has a profoundly bigger impact than it does on Earth, which is basically our daily lives, which is what we are very used to. So all the scenarios that we consider are oriented towards living on earth right that is our basic mental structure i'll tell you something that is how we understand things those guys didn't even
1: push themselves up they just
2: rose up yeah they may have you ever seen astronauts floating around in the iss yeah i've seen that station yeah yeah Mm -hmm. just look at how they eat breakfast right the toast doesn't have to be sent upwards. You just leave the toes at a point and it starts moving upwards all on its own, right? It starts floating. That is what I'm trying to insinuate here. I guess the impact of the astronaut falling was large enough for him to bounce back Okay, you know like the the
1: the laws of Newton the laws of motion all right well if you follow the laws of motion then the lunar module landing should make it bounce back again then with that same theory right yeah but you have to understand that the force being applied was
2: from both sides right what do you mean both sides if the lunar module say it lands on the surface of the moon Hmm. so there is a impact Hmm. however small the impact is there is still an impact and that puts a pressure upwards pressure on the lunar
1: module right okay so it would want to go up, up again just huh? like how the astronaut wanted to go yes, up again okay. exactly
2: but with the space the, the lunar module there are small nozzles all around in every direction okay and those small nozzles just let out a little bit of compressed air in whatever the opposite direction of wherever they want to go oh, like thrusters yeah like thrusters or it's
0: like Pushing from both sides. Yeah. So everything. it is basically
1: so a playground of forces. Kind of like, like one of those Harrier jets if you've seen where the Oh yeah, of around. course. That okay. is a good example. Oh, right, right. Okay. So those are some of the points that we came by. Some of them were very obvious, I think. Yeah. Some of them were very, very obvious. Like it was easy to believe them, so to speak, but mm-hmm. some of them C-Rock like this. And I think they're just making us a bunch of C's, which all Indian (laughs) listeners will understand. Maybe it
0: was Dwayne Johnson out there, his hair.
1: Yeah, the one that he, he doesn't have hair on his head. The rock of the earth, (laughs) not the moon he could have had at some point exactly exactly all right so these are all some of the points that we came to if there are some more then please let us know in the comments and we'd be more than happy to go further into detail and shed some more light on it now that we've gone through all the points what do you guys personally feel what must have happened you know i mean no one's holding you guys accountable for anything so in your head your perception what do you guys think what must have happened back then did they really go to the moon just because they wanted to be the superpower the number one nation? If they didn't go to the moon, then how would you explain the rocket? Because everyone saw the rocket taking off. Oh yeah. We saw that. So we know that there was Apollo 111, sorry my bad, took off. Where did this theory come from? Yeah, but a lot
2: of disbelievers believe that once it went out of sight, it actually fell back down into the Atlantic. So I'm not sure. Maybe
0: the rockets went up, but the humans did not. And that's the reason why they have all these pictures and things deleted. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, because Maybe.
1: I mean, no, that was what? I think it was a hundred and. Maybe the humans don't go. Reels. Not files, not CDs. It was yeah. reels. These massive physical things. And, they- and supposedly, one of the world's most trustworthy organizations taped over them. Like as if you would over your sex Bro, or this you know? is a really
2: unbelievable uh, kind of oversight on the part of nasa i've never been able to understand that and all of all of the explanations i have ever heard are extremely flimsy that makes me you know what about you himani
1: jenny
3: Obviously, I believe this. How dare you question it? If you have solid proof, then I'm open to you know discuss further.
1: What about you, Jenny? Because I'm going to stop asking Himani. She sounds like she's about to point a gun at my head. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to Jenny's well, opinion.
0: Like I said, probably the rockets went, and maybe the humans did not. You know, then why would you delete all the evidences that you already have? It's a huge. Error. What do you say? Oh, oh, oversight. Error, that oversight, is an error, maybe. but. Yeah. yeah, but it's a huge accomplishment during that time yeah, of the year. of course. And why would you delete even a single bit of an evidence that was an evidence? And another thing is, when did they come up with all these debunking things? I have a question with this. When? Like, after how many years? Why not before? That's why I'm a bit skeptical.
1: Well, apparently, the world's smartest scientists needed, what, three decades to come up with this? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like, I'm on the side. I think a lot of the mistrust stems from the fact that the American government has not been a hundred percent honest with the world and its people Mm -hmm. on so many Mm -hmm. other things which then leads everyone to question this especially when you follow that with oh i lost all the files sorry you know like no dude you can't you cannot do that and also because in 63 wasn't it 63 when jfk made that statement we plan to go to the moon by the end of the Uh, decade so he made a very big promise to the people that we will go to the by the end of the decade and when did they go six months were left for the decade to end i mean uh, this is this is just fantasy not fantasy but these are just theories i honestly feel they kept crashing which they did how many how many times they crashed Mm -hmm. they tried multiple times they couldn't do it The timeline was about to get over, and they had to pull off something. Otherwise, they would have looked like idiots—not just in front of the people, but most importantly in front of Russia. Oh yeah. Because Russia was knocking one achievement out the other, and USA was just stuck on. They weren't even able to take off. So Uh they were like, you know what? That was the main
3: reason they wanted to go to the moon.
2: I think it was sixty-one when uh, Kennedy. Kennedy
1: Sixty-one. Imagine eight years, eight years. You can't even take off, and six months before. Your deadline, self imposed deadline is left. Yeah. Suddenly you reach the moon. You cross all the obstacles like Van Allen radio. The first of all, you took off. Congratulations. Of course. And then you cross course. all these yep. Van Allen radiation belts and all that. But then again, like I said, I don't know enough to say anything. And at this point, no one in the world knows enough at all. Unless it's the president, I guess, who's already dead. He, even he is conveniently gone. Wow. I just realized <laughs> this. Not only are the tapes deleted, the one who made the promise is also gone. Amazing. 50
3: years and still going on
1: exactly 50 years and still going on who knows it might go on forever
3: Alright guys, as we are at the end of our cosmic road trip through the moon landing conspiracy maze and let me tell you, it's been a wild ride but guess what, we are just getting started so don't go anywhere cause we are about to take you to the next level, the moon, a cosmic next road neighbor. It's got some secrets we are dying to uncover. We are talking lunar riddles, ancient legends and myths that have been in the mix since forever. So we are not done yet, we are gonna stay curious and keep our eyes locked on the sky. Our journey to the moon is just getting started and it's gonna be lit. In our coming episodes, we are diving deep into some more lunar enigmas. We'll be busting those bizarre lunar quirk wide open and delving into legends that have been passed down through the ages. It's a roller coaster and we want you riding shotgun. As we are wrapping up this episode, we want you to keep those questions coming. So follow us on your favorite podcast platform. For additional content and updates, do also check us out on Instagram at enigmafiles.connect and on X at enigmafiles underscore. Until then, keep exploring and keep reaching for stars. See you on the next episode.